looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that you don't care about. Like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why Apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want and Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. You will drive us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is TikTok star Addison Ray. The movie I desperately want a sequel to. Maybe like... Mm, that's a really good movie. I guess like Interstellar. You can never get enough Interstellar, so probably Interstellar. Were you shocked by this? Because I was shocked by this. There's <laughs> this entire interview is worth the watch for many reasons. I think one of the characters she wants to be is Roxy Hart. Wait, what's well, she, the what's the? She question? thinks that Roxy Hart would make a great TikTok star. And okay, when Lindsay, she, as Lindsay was watching it live, she's like, Roxy Hart is literally a murderer. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Roxy Hart like did a murder. Like, how is that even? She was like, she sings and dances. I'm like, that's not the. <laughs> she also kills people. This clip is really to me the first time that I see anything in Edison Ray that I find interesting. So I'm kind of like. Is she camp? What is she? What's going on here? I think she's a lot of things, but I don't know that they necessarily make her worthy of standing. When we question, like, what is the deal with Addison Ray? What do people see in her? Is this it? You can never get enough Interstellar. And if you doubt the sequel to Interstellar, you clearly haven't seen it in a while because there's a potential for a sequel. There is a potential. Did you finish it last night? I mean, I had to go to the... How I much did you watch? started halfway. Well, I wanted to see the end because I wanted to remind oh, myself if there was potential for a sequel. Everyone's like, oh, LOL, Interstellar. There could be no sequel. It's like, mm, have you watched it recently? Because uh, Coop's flying to the new planet to, f- <laughs> to find what's-her-face and maybe they're going to start a new world. Maybe. They're definitely going to start a new world. Old Murph is like, get out of my world. Like, this is no longer your world. Go go to Annie's world. Poop Coop went to find Anne Hathaway, who's like by herself on like planet God knows what. But there's breathable mm-hmm. air. And she's about to start the new planet. So, yeah. She was like, I wish I had a boyfriend. <laughs> the last shot of Interstellar is Anne Hathaway looking into the distance thinking, I wish I had a boyfriend. It is. So guess what? Coop loads up the truck with with a, a the tr- tarp. <laughs> the tarp, truck. Tark. Tarp. The truck. Tarp. Tars. Tars. He puts Tars in the truck and goes to the new planet. Yeah, I do love Interstellar. My favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Also, I it's think it's Addison Rae's favorite Christopher Nolan movie. It's a banger. I think it's one of her favorite movies of all time. As Matt Sullivan pointed out to us on Twitter, a hooligan Matt Sullivan at Comeback Comic, he tweeted at us old Addison Rae tweets in which she answered questions like, what is your favorite movie? And she said, Interstellar, The Great Gatsby, The Hangover, The Notebook. Another time, she answered that same question with Jennifer's body, Interstellar, The Great Gatsby, Eat, Pray, Love, and Marriage Story. Funny. And then in May of 2020, she just tweeted out of nowhere, Christopher Nolan movies greater than... All other movies. All other things, presumably. I just like that she obviously matured or, you know, thought a little bit more because we got, we went from The Great Gatsby, which, which version, um, Addison, please be specific, and The Hangover and The Notebook, a, a basic spread, to Jennifer's Body and Eat, Pray, Love. Putting Eat, Pray, Love next to Interstellar as two of your favorite movies is, I gotta say, it has an element to Addison Ray that I did not know was there previously. Okay, you are listening to... <laughs> Who's there? Our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619. Who them? We're starting with comments as usual. 
Hey, Lindsay and Bobby, uh, long time, long time. I know you're going to get this call from your expat correspondents and some uh, UK correspondents, but last year on Strictly Come Dancing, which is the UK version of Dancing with the Stars and the original and far superior, uh, they had their first same-sex pairing. Um, a female athlete danced with a female professional dancer, uh, and they were awesome. Uh, but they had to go home early because one of them tested positive for COVID. Uh, anyway, uh, so when JoJo in that clip you just played said that it would be inspirational for people around the world, it was like, hmm, the UK has already been there. Crunch, crunch. They already did it. JoJo is late to the party, I guess. Yeah. But it's big for the US. It's big for the US. I still think it's like a big deal because of the amount of like press the, the, just the fact that no one in the u.s kind of cares about strictly not that strictly doesn't have like a more international appeal which i think that it does and it's obviously huge in the uk but unfortunately i didn't hear about that when it happened in strictly. <laughs> i didn't hear about it either not to have like a u.s worldview which you know obviously unfortunately i do have but we didn't hear mm-hmm. about it so I, i'm glad that like i'm glad that the uk did it and now the u.s is following suit mm-hmm not only did they do it, they had female-female and male-male pairs. This just happened because one of them got ki- they got kicked off because one of them got COVID. So it's like a it was it just happened last season. Yeah, November twenty twenty. It's very sad because apparently they were doing great. Right, like they got a one. And this posts that each of them wrote: Nicola Adams, who's a boxer or a former boxer, and then the pro, who's Katya Jones. They each shared like social posts about them leaving and it's like they're fully devastated and it's like convincing in a way that like typically the narrative of leaving dancing with the stars can be sad but in many instances like it's they like knew whatever they i knew won. i was out yeah yeah but like this seems like they yeah they they had high hopes for these two but guess what hmm. in the next season oh, there's a back? great british bake-off no <laughs> no oh. <laughs> there's a great british bake-off uh contestant who is going to be in a male male pairing so we're gonna have jojo and the pro female pro and we're gonna have his name is john Waite in a male male partnership as well oh john Waite, he was great well that's fun we got an olympian we got jojo we are getting possibly olivia jade who, by the way, I saw and thought was, and my brain like misfired on Your every synapse and thought it was Olivia Rodrigo. And I said to <laughs> our friends, this is a little bit like below her, no? <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? It's exactly on her level. And then you realized uh, you thought it was Olivia Rodrigo. I, th- I just read Olivia and I just thought Olivia Rodrigo, which really, I guess, shows like the Olivia status to of her in my brain. But mm-hmm. um, it's Olivia Jade. It's a perfect Olivia Jade project. How are they going to introduce her like... YouTuber this and creator. YouTuber, right. Yeah. Like it's and it's like wink and so you have to wink wink know that she's the Olivia Jade, the OJ. Operation Varsity Boost. Also Matt James is a rumored contestant. That's a that's a gimme, I'm sure. He'll do Which whatever. is just ABC, ABC incest. Mm-hmm. They love a bachelor cast off. I will watch uh, Suni and JoJo's performances on YouTube. I still will not watch that full show because it hurts me to watch that full show. It's also then you have to watch like Tyra's like kind of whole mm-hmm. charade on that show. And I'm just not really interested. Also, I'm not really interested like how they're scored. There's no um, excitement there for me on that show. I just want to see the dancing. I don't want to see the scoring. And I don't really care who gets, you know kicked off or whatever francy frame marzipan how do you guys not know marzipan crunch crunch hi Lindsay and bobby i'm sure that you've gotten a million calls about this but um it's marzipan okay bye hi you weekly it's literally marzipan uh, are you talking about Marzipan. Hi, Bobby Lindsay. Uh, long time, second time. I uh, just had to pause the podcast where you guys were talking about um, dogs with Bounty Hunter's new fiance, and I'm dying. Uh, I think you guys are thinking of marzipan is <laughs> the almond paste, and then uh, frangipane or like frangipani is actually Halsey's real last name. <laughs> uh, I'm sure a million people have called and said that, but I just uh, I was dying and had to say something. Uh, thanks. Crunch, crunch. 
Hey, Who Weekly. Had to just pause the pod. I am sure I'm not the only person to call about this. I would be very surprised if I was. Um, but in listening to you talking about Franzi Brain and then going over to Fran Japan and what is Fran Japan almond paste, whatever, um, I neglected to hear that that is also Halsey's last name. Thank you. Crunch, crunch. Ashley, Nicolette, Frangipan. Well, what's funny is that 99% of the calls that we got about Francie Fane, F- Franny Frane, Francie Frane, were about people who were familiar with Marzipan being like, you're thinking of Marzipan, bye, it's Marzipan, you're confused, it's Marzipan. And then we have this genius caller saying, Frangipan is also Halsey's last name. <laughs> yeah, so. that's the galaxy brain <laughs> answer to this question. I love the galaxy brain hooligans. So many people saying the word you're thinking of is marzipan. We weren't thinking of marzipan. We were thinking of franchipane, which is a almond mixture thing. Bobby got it right when he was guessing. It's like an almond paste. Marzipan is a is almond meal with sugar. Frangipane is almond custard. They are both in the almond family. But I think the thing that I specifically was thinking of was marzipan. Okay, but the only thing that matters is that it's Ash- it's Ashley's last name. Sorry, Halsey's last name. Which mm-hmm. I didn't realize she it called herself Halsey because she dated a guy who lived on Halsey Street. So when I lol yeah, every day, when I go on Halsey Street, but I'm just saying, I thought that it was like, that was kind of a coincidence. I didn't know that it was specifically connected to both. the street. Because we talked about this years ago when we talked about Halsey for the first time on the show, because it's both of those things. Right. I think the only reason that she leaned into it was because it actually was an anagram the name of, of her a name. street. And but it's an also an important name to her beyond just her own name. Hey, Who Weekly. Um, I was just listening to the discussion about Boris Kojo, and I just wanted to pop in and say that one of my favorite Boris Kojo fun facts slash appearances is that he was the guest judge in the episode on America's Next Top Model where Tyra yells at Tiffany, be quiet, Tiffany, um, that Boris Kojo is sitting there in the background. And I have always wanted to know just like his recap of that event. Um, but yeah, just wanted to bring that up. Uh, grateful for Sharna, Crunch Crunch. Maybe I am angry inside. I've been through stuff, so I'm angry. Yes, but it's not, this is not, be quiet, be quiet. That's what is wrong with you. Stop it! When my mother yells at this, it's because she loves me. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you learn something from this? When you go to bed at night, you lay there and you take responsibility for yourself because nobody's going to take responsibility for you. You roll in your eyes and you act like this because you've heard it all before. You've heard it all before. You don't know where the hell I come from. You have no idea what I've been through. But I'm not a victim. I grow from it and I learn. That was always stupid. (laughs) Like, I think... Everyone was Team Tiffany here, right? Like, Tyra behaved ridiculously in that instance. Like, I watched that live. I mean, I think it was, like, clearly reality TV magic to have Tyra Banks, like, come out with that. And God knows, that show on rewatch is, like, a travesty. But (laughs) if you'd be lying to yourself if you didn't, like, say when you watched it when it was on air, it was, like, so fun to watch, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, like... How can you discount those original feelings? You know, it's like mm-hmm. how everyone says like, oh, a fucking uh, Forrest Gump can suck it. And it's like, do you remember when you first watched it? How did you, you feel remember then? 1993? I'm just saying, you know, like. Even, at, there was but even a... at the time, I was like, Tyra, you're being ridiculous, <laughs> you know, because Tyra's a scene chewer. Tyra. That's what I'm saying. Wants to be an actor. Tyra on Dancing with the Stars. You don't. You guys don't even know what her capability as a hostess is. It's all this. Remember when she was like, she fainted, and they were like, "Oh no, Tyra!" And she was like, oh, "That's acting." It's like she was <laughs> crazy on this show. All right. Oh, my God. 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 O
I had no memory of Boris Kojo being there. I don't think anyone did, <laughs> except for this caller. The question really is, has anyone interviewed and asked Boris Kojo about being here for this moment? I would I maybe don't think so. argue no, because it feels like that's not really out there, aside from this caller specifically remembering that Boris Kojo was on the judging panel. I wonder what it was like to see this live. Who wore it best? When it comes to this particular costume of tough love for the cameras, Tyra Banks or, or Tom Cruise on the set of Mission Impossible 7 <laughs> yelling about COVID protocols. I'm sorry. I did not know you. That is like the weirdest place to take Because this. both of those things were scolding that was probably deserved, but amped up for the sake of drama and cameras and audio. Okay, sure. But like... Tom Cruise, I didn't get I didn't get audio. I didn't get video of that. I didn't get a whole production of that. I don't think he knew that he was on camera for that one. I mean, maybe he did know. Maybe he did leak that audio. He to, knew. You know, Tom knew. Tom is savvy. I'm just saying, you comparing those is like some real uh, some real Thursday morning galaxy brain that I can't I can't really understand. We are creating thousands of jobs, you I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And I see you do it again, you're gone. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it. And you too. And you too. And you. If you ever do it again. Long time, long time. Um, sorry, there's a change in the background. I thought it would be done by now. One very funny thing about Beyonce's Virgo yearbook, besides just the fact that it exists, is that she put on one Virgo member of BTS, but not the other. Um, Namjoon from BTS is also a Virgo, but Jungkook made the cut and he didn't, um, which... I don't know. Does that mean that Jungkook is more of a them than Namjoon? Or does Beyonce, like, know Jungkook somehow? Um, anyway, love you guys. Uh, French, French. Bye. Um, this is so funny to me. First of all, I love that there's a train. I love adding texture to our calls. Thank you so much for calling in front of a train, uh, a speeding train. But I think you answered your own question, which is that did Beyonce choose Jungkook over RM, over Namjoon, because she knew him? And I think that's the answer. She was like, oh, I recognize him. I know him. I think that's probably it. As a former member of a girl group, of a group with a lot of members, I don't think she's out here trying to stir up drama. I think she understands the dynamics. I think she probably just recognized Jungkook. I just am not here to really try and figure out why this happened. I just think it's funny that it did happen. <laughs> Beyonce, as a Virgo, should have done a better job making sure that she didn't skip one of the members of BTS in the Virgo yearbook. Not to bring it back to Beyonce, because this is a podcast about who's, but I did enjoy when I searched Beyonce Virgo for this segment and was like looking around. There are so many funny instances of Beyonce being a Virgo to the point where there is a like 20 minute video in which it's, well, it's 10 minutes because it's called Beyonce being a Virgo for 10 minutes straight. And I'm just like, this is so funny. That's the last flight out of here? Yes, sir. You might have to go straight to the airport. Okay. I don't have no luggage. I'm, I'm rolling. Well, it's better for you to go home than not have luggage. No, it's not. It's not? Because where y'all coming out there? Well, somebody can send your luggage. But then I'm going to have to wait for four days before I get all my stuff. Well, it's either that or you're going to probably miss your flight. Nothing more entertaining than vintage Beyonce videos because who is she? (laughs) We have not seen her in 20 years. I know. We did a bonus episode on the Patreon. Go check it out about this, about a new book about Aaliyah that came out this week along with the you know, the anniversary of her death, which is this week, as well as so much is happening with Aaliyah's new music. So anyways, we read this book. And in the editing of that episode, I I came across a clip of Beyonce interviewing Aaliyah at the MTV. Like Beyonce was the VJ. She was like, hey, Aaliyah, like, what are you wearing? (laughs) Beyonce is good at everything. She's not good at this. She is, is the only thing that I've ever seen Beyonce be not good at. 
mm-hmm. is interviewing Aaliyah on the red carpet. I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, e-, e News is not going to offer you a contract, Beyonce. She's like, OK, back to you, Cisco. At the end, she says, back to you, Cisco. <laughs> And you're, it's great. You're doing another movie this summer, right? Hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully. things work out. Everything okay. will be rolling. That's so, yeah. great. What are you looking forward to seeing? Tonight? Tonight, yes. Um, I want to see D'Angelo perform. Girl, I'm with you because you, you know, know he's fine. He's fine. He's Let hot. Girl, <laughs> All right. Back to you, Cisco. <laughs> Beyonce throwing to Cisco is just like, yes. what universe are we in? She throws to Cisco. How many weird timeline shifts have we taken since Beyonce threw to Cisco? <laughs> Back to you, Cisco. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. I'm calling because I had to pause the pod when you were talking about uh, Farah going to the Harvard Extension School and wearing a Harvard sweatshirt because um, I was taking classes at the Harvard Extension School and they specifically sell Harvard Extension School gear. Um, I think so that people don't pretend they went to Harvard when they actually went to the Extension School. Um, so that was really a big choice by her. Yeah, I thought you guys might be interested in that. Uh, Lindsay Cod- Podcaster. Crunch, crunch. <laughs> Lindsay Podcaster. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that joke. Gwen Singer. Okay, I have an issue with this, though. I have a question. Oh, no. What is it? If you're attending Harvard Extension School, which, amazing, good for you, any education, we love it, why the fuck would you buy a Harvard Extension sweatshirt when you could just buy a normal Harvard sweatshirt? It's all Harvard. Yeah, why Why let that be revealed? Why, I, I'm at Harvard. I'm going to Harvard. I'm paying for Harvard. Why do you need to know it's an extension? <laughs> I'm looking at all these sweatshirts on the Harvard co-op store. Yeah. And... It's for in the graduate school subsection. All of the shirts and the sweatshirts have the exact same upper half. It's the exact same Harvard font, the exact same Harvard crest, and underneath in the exact same font is either Divinity School, School of Design, Business School, Extension Uh School, and they're all $44.98. You know, I was like, oh my God, what if Extension School is a little cheaper? But it's not. The business school is more expensive, which is like sus, but I think it's better quality printing, Did you which see is there, like rude. She posted a new video where she burns the sweatshirt. I mean, she burns I the just... sweatshirt, but she burns the regular one. She doesn't burn extension school. It I would just actually it was funny be more impactful like, if she burned the extension the school. The minute she got attention for this, she said, oh, you want a show? Here's a show. Like, sets the sweatshirt on fire. Farrah Abraham is one of the few celebrities where if you say, like, and then she gave us fireworks, you're not, like, using a figure of speech. Like, you're literally talking about fireworks. Like, she will put on a pyrotechnic show. She'll do show. fireworks, yeah. <laughs> she burned the sweatshirt. It's, I honestly, it's, like, performance art. It's pretty good. I, she really is, she's transcending something here. I know that I'm, I'm on one, but this is as good as Interstellar being, asking for a sequel for Interstellar, you know? We're going to tell you about a new show called Jocular, hosted by ER Fightmaster, whom we've talked about on the podcast before, T.N. Tran and Katie Kershaw. They're comedians, they're writers, and they're also best friends who are obsessed with women's sports. Kind of like I'm becoming obsessed with women's sports. <laughs> you sort are. Of, kind you of. Are. A little you bit. Are. You are. They're exploring all things queer, trans, and women-focused in the world of sports, and in each episode, they'll cover the latest games, debate pressing issues, and review how they're all really horny for basically everyone in the game. This is, every time I talk to someone who's a fan of women's sports, like a genuine fan of women's sports, not like a newbie like me, they're like, horny, 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 horny. I'm horny for all of them. I know. They're always crushing on people in the game. But that's why it's like, we need a podcast that's not us to kind of tell us what we're supposed to care about, who we're supposed to care about, who's hot, and who's sexy, and who we're paying attention Yes, and that's what Jocular is for. Friends and experts will join to share their takes on sports ranging from women's basketball to soccer to power slapping. I don't even know what power slapping is, but I'm in. So tune in every Friday for new episodes of Jocular on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts now. You know, I've tried lots of things to get me to go to sleep in the past, you know, few years. Just a little bit of just a little bit of a push. You've got your melatonin, you got your various things, but I've found that of all the things, a little bit of CBD, a little bit of CB distillery, that's getting me goes a long way. getting me conked right out <laughs> and and sleeping through the night. It really is. I love CB distillery. They have 
not all their products are for sleep. Some That's are for true. relaxation. But like, I love the sleep ones. They say, shh. Those gummies they sent us, I was in a chill vibe all day when I took two of those. They're good ass gummies. <laughs> They're good ass gummies. No, you were. You were like, you were like, I took CBD earlier today and I feel chill. I'm like not operating heavy machinery on those things. You know what I mean? I'm in a good place. Heavy machinery? <laughs> what did I say? You said heavy machinery, which is good. I like that. I know what you meant. <laughs> CB Distillery's targeted formulations are made from the highest quality, clean ingredients. They all caps the clean, which means you know it's clean. No fluff, no fillers, just effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm, 80% said CBD helped with pain after physical activity, and an impressive 90% said they slept better with CBD. And I'm among those 90%. So if you struggle with a health concern and haven't found relief, make the change like we did to CB Distillery. And with over 2 million customers and a solid 100% money back guarantee cb distillery is the source to trust hooligans have a 20 percent discount to get you started visit cbdistillery.com and use code who who for 20 percent off that's cbdistillery.com code who cbdistillery.com hi Lindsay and bobby um i've called about in her I've, I've called in about her before christy carlson romano former Disney queen. Um, but I am getting a lot of, um, well, I'm seeing a lot of headlines about her over the past few days. She's been active on YouTube for a while, but it was sort of like she was a cooking channel. Um, and now it seems that she's really exposing like Disney Channel and talking about um, her time there and how toxic it all was and how she made millions and lost millions and she's talking about Shia LaBeouf and how she never really knew him and um, I'm just wondering what is Christy Carlson Romano up to because I just feel like the content is going it's a lot and I wonder is she planning something um, is she yeah, I'm just, what's going on with her? And she's also only outside. She's like, in every video, she's just walking really fast down the street. And it's kind of the opposite of the Laura Pippon effect of being in the bunker. She's like only outside. Um, so yeah, Christy Carlson Romano. Thanks. Crunch, crunch. This girl has like some real genius, which is why is she always outside and some real like kind of come on to like, what is she doing? Because clearly what she is up to is this. She is doing this. This is what she is doing. You are watching it. It is working. She could like do this for the rest of her existence. And she Mm -hmm. literally makes videos as to like why I'm not acting anymore. So like clearly this is what she's doing. You know? Why I ran away from Hollywood. Why I don't talk to Shia LaBeouf. The answer is because we weren't friends. How I lost all my money. Because I spent it all. You know, like, <laughs> that's... The the why I lost my money isn't even some dramatic, like, my parents spent it all. They squandered it. She's like, no, I was never given financial education. I spent money like it was going out of style. And then before I knew it, I was broke. But she is good, clearly talented at this format. And, mm-hmm. like, as a performer slash actress, because she's able to take... As, uh, the answer to that question which is so simple and so stupid and make it a 30 minute long video or whatever like mm-hmm. she is able to extend oh I spent money recklessly which is like the duh answer and also I just you know I, I don't think that we should be surprised by these stories anymore and mm-hmm. we are because this is a performer like doing what she does best like performing essentially mm-hmm. storytelling or whatever and this is what she is truly up to. And it is funny because she is getting like a lot of press for each kind of video when it's got a juicy little tidbit. So here's why I don't talk to Shia LaBeouf anymore. Everybody always asks me this question. If we're still in touch, if we're still friends. To be honest, I don't even really know if we were ever really friends, but we were co-workers. She really is just walking around. She's constantly walking around. She's had this YouTube channel, though, for, like, over a year. Like, mm-hmm. oh, she's she's been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it is impressive and interesting that she's now – we're getting all these calls about her YouTube channel because it, she's talking about specific things that are making tabloids and people are doing tweets like, uh, what it, what what's you up to? Like, what Chrissy Carlson Romano is up to? And it's, like, four videos that are like, am I irrelevant? Why I ran away from Hollywood? Why I have no more money? Why I have no famous friends? 
Meanwhile, none of you are talking about I gave a fan as much cash as they could catch and I paid a firefighter $1,000 to melt this ice block, you know? <laughs> no one is saying boo about I gave $5,000 to whoever recognized me from Disney Channel. Maybe that's because everyone's talking about this. Hey guys, so no. a lot of times when I do my videos for you, I do natural lighting with just the terrible overhead lighting in my kitchen and then I have a big window so I just have the sun coming in from outside. But today I'm actually doing an interview uh, for Prep on Kitchen, which is my new culinary line. So I wanted to show you guys how I might step it up a notch with my lighting because lighting, telling you guys from 20 years in the entertainment industry, lighting is a big deal. Okay, take your own advice, Laura Prepon, because you've been filming in the worst lit bunker for the past fucking nine months. Who the fuck ratted us out to Laura Preponderance and told her what we thought about her lighting? You just revealed that you left Scientology five years ago. Get Leah Remini on the line. Give me a real video. She'd love to talk to you. If Leah Remini walked into that kitchen, she would say, Ugh, this lighting is terrible. <laughs> I'm not filming in your kitchen. I look like shit. I love her. God, she's back in my good favor. She's she's, she's back in my back good favor. I love Laura Preponderance. She'll never fix her lighting. She'll never fix her eyebrows. The day that Orange is the New Black wrapped, she said, this is my look now and moved on with her life. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Can you please tell me who is Cole Schaefer and how did he meet Casey Musgrave? Godspeed, Bella Hadid. Crunch, crunch. Bobby has literally been trying to tell me for weeks that we talked about this person and I'm like, we did not talk about this person. Well, we cut it from the episode because I think it was boring. Because I, I went back and listened to the episode that it was in the dock for, which was in June, which is right when they started dating. And then I listened to the episode that was in and it was cut because it was an ep you edit those episodes. So well, thing, I was just I like, I think the oh. thing was that we were burned by Dr. Gerald, her boyfriend yeah, before Dr. this, Gerald. who she quote unquote dated for like one press release, you know, like it wasn't even enough time. She dated him for one Chrissy Carlson Romano YouTube cycle. Because we were like, do we need to now talk about this new guy when she just literally, I feel like we just did this, right? Like he, he another kind of like quote unquote nobody person that we mm -hmm. have to then do a biography for when... Let's see how long this lasts. Um, but it cle mm. it clearly seems to be lasting be like into the promo cycle for the new album, which is all about divorce. Mm -hmm. Part of that like promo cycle is that she's like newly in love with this like poet. He's his name is Cole Schaefer. He is an advertising copywriter, so he's a freelance advertising copywriter. And as a copywriter, he goes by his name, Cole Schaefer. But as a poet, he has a pen name. And that pen name is January Black. I love it. It's this so guy cheesy. Is I love so it. Lame. Um, so he's so cheesy. lame. He's so hot. He's so hot. <laughs> he's like normie, but also creative. So he's artsy normie. And I think that that must be appealing because Casey's like, he's an artist. Oh my God. He's a writer. I'm a writer too. Oh my God. And he I writes can't. poetry. He's written three books of poetry. And one of them just came out. It's called After Her. And the back cover says, to the women who walk this world, for the men who've let them walk out of theirs. So it's like a breakup book. Casey is commenting on all of his photos. She commented, these books are straight fuego. Um, and it's just like, <laughs> oh my God, Casey. But I love being reminded that Casey's also poets. kind of like a normie at heart. If she, I mean, you're wondering, Casey lives in Nashville mainly. So I'm does sure he. she's now back and forth LA, Nashville. Who do you think she's going to meet? She already married a country guy. I think she's trying to move on musically and romantically from country mm -hmm. guys and from country music, which is upsetting, but sure, whatever. And so she's going for like a very much different type of guy. And art guys are in right now for the hot girlies, you know? The hot straight girlies are really into hot arty normies okay? poets are in he wrote on her instagram who else is dating a poet oh padma lakshmi dating a poet yes here's to well i think he's a better poet than this guy though but whatever here's to you <laughs> looking to your right when you stepped into f he captioned a slideshow i think f is like not like him saying fuck i think he was you know he's hiding the mm -hmm. word of where they met or whatever here's to you writing me back Here's to your jawline that chaps my lips and your hair that I can't keep my hands out of. Here's mm. to your aesthetic and your art being a close second to your heart. Here's to you making it through 32 and here's to you making history in 33. It's been so damn pretty falling for you, Casey. Oh, 
And she responded, sweet angel boo. <laughs> Life is so much prettier with you in it. <laughs> Casey didn't have her team of writers on that one. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, he's her team of writers. I do, Shane I McAnally do, was not there. <laughs> I do love that he is actively writing love poetry for her while she's still in her breakup era. So none of her art or music will be about this man, you know? I mean, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe a vague reference to my new situation, my new this, my new that. But like, she is out here being like, you want depression, girlies? I got you. Like, she really is like promoting the fact that her album is this kind of like dramatic breakup piece, which like we great love it yeah it's out this weekend i think or like soon it's out soon i think it's next week it's like the 13th or the 7th or something it's it's not september it's september September for sure but her first the first song from it or the second this first song doesn't really count was like intro it was like lotus intro justified the actual first single which is the one where you kind of it's like her thesis statement i was actually surprised the song is fine Two notable things about it. One, that it's straight up not country. Like, she has moved on. She's beep-beeped her way out of Nashville. But the second thing that's notable about it is that it's explicitly like he fucked up. Like, we have now sort of made it clear that her version of events is that the end of this relationship was this guy's fault, not mine. Um, And Mm. he is a shitty guy. And it's like, oh, wow, she's like actually taking that stand. And I wasn't sure if that's where we would go with this. I, it's only a while because I just kind of don't believe it. Like, it just in terms of, like, the typical narrative of what happens when you're with somebody and you're doing the same thing and somebody, mm-hmm. one of them, one of you becomes really famous for it. The other one really doesn't yeah. become as famous. So, like, what happens? She calls him a liar in the song and she calls him someone who doesn't treat her right. So. Hey, but maybe that happened and sometimes the reverse happens where the partner who is not getting enough attention and enough shine goes elsewhere for mm-hmm. that. So maybe that's the case. I don't know. Either way, this guy's obsessed with her and will This guy's so fucking <laughs> obsessed with her. <laughs> I got to say after reading all of his like what he puts out there, I'm like this is the kind of guy that has like a typewriter. You were you said singular typewriter. This man has met this has, this is Tom this guy Hanks collects typewriters. typewriters, you know. This guy got this guy has typewriters, you know. He's into writing from both perspectives, one being uh, artistic expression and one fully as an aesthetic. He is into being writerly as a writerly aesthetic. The caller also asked, where did they meet? And in her New York Times profile, which is sort of ahead of this big new album drop, where like all the pop friends are releasing videos with their movies music lately. Movies. movies with their, like Halsey Full released length. a movie. Beyonce shook the scene and now we all get the we get all these like 90 minute music videos, you know? Halsey's went to IMAX. Cases is going straight to Paramount Plus, <laughs> which isn't even a joke. But anyway, in the in the run up for this, I love uh, that she though. was profiled like, by the New York Times. Plus. It's funny. Oh, it's so it's funny. It's so funny. Lately, Musgraves' Instagram feed has lit up with snugly images of a new boyfriend, Cole Schaefer, a poet who writes under the name January Black. They met when they spied each other across a crowded restaurant. Quote. He did not know who I was, which I loved, Musgrave said. The paparazzi, however, have been recognizing her more and more. Here's my thought about this. If they met at a bar in New York, I would argue that maybe he didn't recognize her. If they met at a bar in Nashville, I would say he knew exactly who she was. If you told me that this story happened, this story does not get a location, but if you told me that it happened in another city, I might think that he didn't exactly know who she was because – out of context, she is kind of like, looks like a lot of beautiful women. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to read is this guy. Oh, my God. I found the, it was, I tried to find this, but it's hard to buy, but it is available. But it's on Google Books. And so the author bio as printed in the Ooh, book, but nowhere else is, is oh so fucking God. funny and cringy. But like. I totally get a guy who is like this attracting a particular type of person. And that particular type of person is just like Casey Musgraves. Let me read you the full bio. Sorry, I have to read the full thing. January Black. Most author bios are written in third person, which makes absolutely no fucking sense. If I saw someone talking about themselves in the third person at a dinner party, not that I attend many <gasps> dinner parties. But that's I think them. <laughs> I'd think them to be an asshat. Anyway, my name is January Black. I'm the alter ego of a gent named Cole Schaefer. I wrote this book. I've written other books. I plan to write a great deal more before I bite the dust. If you want to learn more about myself, just reread this book or pick up a copy of One Minute, please. 
if you'd like to learn more about Cole Schaefer, though I'm afraid he isn't very interesting, I'd take a peek at his Instagram, at Cole Schaefer, where he shares pretty pictures and words. Or I would peruse Cole's creative writing shop, honeycopy.com, where he writes advertising for many of the brands you buy. I, unfortunately, don't have any affiliation with Honeycopy. In fact, Cole doesn't let me anywhere near the shop, concerned I might try and fuck one of his clients. What? All that to say, thank you for reading. It made my little scribbler's hearts burst with joy. I'd lick you, but this book is a book, and you can't lick people through books. At least not right now. Perhaps in 2050. My god, will Fifty Shades of Grey be a wildly different book in 2050? But I digress. January. (laughs) Casey's like, I need to fuck you immediately. (laughs) Well, you can't say he doesn't have a a voice, which is uh, writers need a voice, and he certainly has one. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. I just saw this headline. Kat Graham explains the meaning behind her new identity, Toro Gato. Who is Kat Graham, and what, what exactly is happening here? I could, of course, Google, but I would much rather you explain it. Thank you. Grateful for shots. Kat Graham comes up a lot. I feel like we, like, say who she is, like, once every, like, six months or something, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, welcome to being a who. People find out. They forget. She changes know, her look. She's I in a million know, things. I Kat know. Graham, I guess, is most famous for Vampire Diaries, right? Vampire yeah. Diaries. She's Vampire Diaries. But didn't she also, like, date some notables, you know, too? She's currently dating the guy she worked on this album with. But, like, her past isn't necessarily filled with who's, but that takes me to Toro Gato. So, Kat Graham, I think that maybe the, one of the last times we talked about her, because she was in that Netflix Christmas movie. Operation Dumbo Drop or whatever. Remember that one? Where they, they dropped the, the one that was in Guam or something? She was in that, and that whole thing was Guam Tourism Board, which I think was kind of a big deal for Netflix. I think it was a very uh, successful movie for them. But now she is pivoting to music. So she is releasing an album. But this is not just like a normal pop release. It's only available as an NFT, which is a non-fungible token. And we've gotten a million calls in the past like year about NFTs. What are NFTs? I will never know the answer to this. It's kind of just irrelevant. It's almost like this non-committal. This it, this just it's just a new cool, quote unquote cool and quote unquote forward way to do something. And someone must mm-hmm. have told her about it. And now she's like, I'm gonna release an album as an NFT as a way to like kind of avoid having to release an album the real way. You know, TBD on whether or not she will continue doing music. TBD on whether or not Toro Gato is a full-time change. Like, is she really changing her name and identity to this? Maybe, but it seems like it's a temporary kind of creative exploration. Is it a musical alter ego like Sasha Fierce or, you know, uh, Roman, as in Roman's Revenge? But those sort of go away. The funniest thing about this is that Kat Graham went on Ease Daily Pop to promote this. This is the most high-profile piece of promo she's done for this album, Toro Gato Part 1, which is available in a few days, again, on this, like, NFT website. It's just weird because it's almost like she wants no one to hear this music, but sure, yeah. She's trying hard to make sure that nobody cares or hears this music. She goes on E Daily Pop as Toro Gato, who she says it's not quite an alter ego. At one point, she's like... I think Torogato's the real me and Kat's the alter ego now. But it's wild to me that she went on Daily Pop to do this because she is taking this 110% seriously. Right, and, and the E-pop like, people hey, are Kat, like, hey, Kat, you look weird. <laughs> Listen to this. Yeah. That's a hot new music video for Swim. Please welcome to the show the artist formerly known as Kat Graham, but we're calling her Torogato now. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is interesting. We wait. This is also interesting for me as well because I was hardcore Cat Graham. Yes. And now I'm living for this too. What was behind this reinvention? I think that we as entertainers have this identity that we have to give to the public and be presentable. And I think sometimes we forget our core and our mm. truth. And as an artist, I want to explore that with this Torogato project and uh, this entire NFT collection. And I wanted to kind of dismantle my former identity. So can you explain um, the costume? Well, I wouldn't call it a costume. Lonnie Love is like, what? Cat Graham is like, take me fucking seriously, please. It's like, don't go on Daily Pop if you want to be taken seriously. I... I'm sorry. 
no. It just seems like everyone <sighs> here is in a different place, you know? She's trying to be serious. She keeps going and she's like, mm-hmm. so I'm not South African. I'm West African, but this is a Zulu African hat. Mm-hmm. And this is South African women made this hat. So I find different pieces that represent who I am as a woman and where my ancestors are from. And, you know, when we talk about finding our deepest truths, we have to actually look at who we actually are. Mm-hmm. So I'm finding different ways of embracing that. And I and I think that, yes, in like this Western, uh, very Americanized world, I think that sometimes it can look like a, like, a, like a spectacle. But if you go to Africa or you research the tribes and you look at the Capelli tribe, which is the tribe that I'm from, then you'll see that it's not actually a costume. Actually, what we're wearing is, is a costume. Yes. Culture. You're, yeah. Yeah. I look at you guys now and I'm like, you guys are in your <clears throat> costume. This clearly means so much to her and she's being absolutely serious about wanting to share her identity and her artistry. But like, I'm looking at where this lives on E! News' YouTube and it's in the same row as these two videos. One, Nicole Richie reveals plan for when daughter steals her clothes. <laughs> and two, Nick Jonas takes a bite of Priyanka Chopra's booty in Cheeky Pick. Uh, okay, so Toro Gato, uh, NFT, purchasable now, or uh, how do you say, do you purchase it? Do you acquire stop, it? Stop, stop. Your What's the language is, there? You, the, Mickey and, the Mickey Mouse in your brain is going to fall off the boat if you keep on trying to think this. Really? I'm not capable of understanding NFTs without being Lonnie Love in this situation. Just giggling, not quite sure what's going on, but happy to be here. Next call. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, long time, medium time. I just had to pause the podcast. I was listening and I was also surfing Twitter at the same time. And I came across this like red carpet moment with um, Camille Cabello. And she literally um, pronounces Chad Michael Murray's name, Chad Michael Murray. Is that how you pronounce his name? Because I've literally then been saying it wrong for like decades. Um, Crunch, crunch. Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> crunch, crunch. Grateful for Sharna. Chad Michael Murray. Then Chad Michael Murray. Who? Crunch, crunch. You are more obsessed with the content of her, uh, of her answer than how she said it. Well, everyone's like, "Oh, is that how you say Chad Michael Murray?" It's like. Okay, let's let's forgive this girl's however she's pronouncing his name is obviously out into the moon, but it's We but can't I'm, get mad at anyone mispronouncing a last name yeah, on the show. Yeah, who cares? I'm not mad. <laughs> what I'm mad about, which not which no one said shit about was you're asking Camila Cabello who her favorite Cinderella performance was by and she's saying Chad Michael Murray? I'm sorry, where did the media training go? Where did the research go? Did you see the one with Whitney Houston? Did you see the one with literally anybody else other than Hillary Duff and Chad Michael Murray is your favorite Cinderella story? Chad Michael Murray. Here we go. Here's the clip. It's an interview with Variety on the red carpet of Cinderella. What was your favorite Cinderella before this? Which version? Um, I loved the Hillary Duff version with Chad Michael Murray. Tell us why. Because of Chad Michael Murray and Hilary Duff. But I love the music in that. And uh, I just thought he was he was so hot in that movie. It's the truth. I mean, you can't falter for telling the truth because that is some off the cuff. That is some not thinking off the cuff referencing there. It's like, yeah, I was horny for Chad Michael Murray just like everybody else. And that is who I will be pulling out as <laughs> my Prince Charming. Also, Chad, Chad Michael Murray, she says twice, which is pretty funny, actually. Yeah, Chad it's Michael Murray. It's not like uh, you're mid-remembering what the name is. It's uh, She says it twice very confidently. Who to them? Brandy Melville, Brandy Carlisle, Brandy Glanville. I really can't keep track of the three of them. Crunch, crunch. Brandy Melville, Brandy Carlisle. Brandy Glanville. Two of these Brandy are people. Glanville. One of these is a brand. Um, <laughs> is the brand based on a real name? Is Brandy Melville a real person? Is she related to uh, Melville, uh, the, the Melville who Herman Melville? No, is she uh, her? Is she Herman's great 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 granddaughter? <laughs> That's the question. Okay, question. The brand name and logo was inspired by the fictional tale of two people: Brandy, an American girl, and Melville, an Englishman who met in Rome and fell in love. Oh, that's so what stupid! The fuck? Isn't that store like famously one size only to just a real, just a real legend of a store? 
All right. Who to them? I think I'm going to go Brandy Glanville is the hooiest. Obviously, come on, Housewives, you just can't beat it. Mm-hmm. Then I would say, I would say, then I would say Brandy Carlisle. Then I would say Brandy Melville. Unfortunately, Brandy Melville gets the top. Yeah. <laughs> top billing. Unfortunately, that's the truth. I don't know. It's like, I do think that Brandy Carlisle, who I love, is still uh, mistaken for Belinda Carlisle often. Mm-hmm. Um, By me, all the time. <laughs> yeah. So all even though I love both their musics, I do think that still happens. And despite and being yeah. a controversial brand, like you said, for its sizing practices, Brandy Melville is still sort of like. In this rank, she's no Abercrombie and Fitch, but in this no, ranking, no, 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 no. she is, you know, she is, she comes out on top. Emily Van Camp. Who are them? Crunch, crunch. The caller is asking, I think, because it was just announced that she's leaving the show The Resident, which, as you know, <laughs> is one of my favorites. So what's the twist? Say, on? So I that's a doctor show. Resident. But what's the deal? Like, what's the twist in this particular doctor show? Um, He's a bad boy resident. Oh, that's it? What's the problem? What's the... Don't they all need, like, a twist? I've yeah. never seen The Resident. He's the resident, but he's a, he's bad boy. And his, oh, I guess one of the twists is that his father, like, owns hospitals. <laughs> there's oh, a lot so of, he's like, a nepotism? He's a nepotism There's a lot resident? of, like, no, he's not nepotism. He's actually, like, he has issues with his father because his father's, like, oh. doing medicine for the money. And he's like, I'm good. And I do it for oh. the people. It's just, like, a, one of those. He he really, this actor, who's, what's his name? He's Chad, he's Chad Michael Murray adjacent, I'll tell you that. What is his name again? Matt Shukshiri. Matt Shuri. He's hot too. The, I will say I did see a tweet recently that was like, the power this man had in 2005 or something, and it was pictures of um, Chad Michael Murray. Because he really did uh, have a run, you know, where he was like the hunk in so many things mm-hmm. for a very specific age of person, which is our age. Emily Van Camp, who are them? See, I never watched the show she's famous for. Ah. But the, I, what's the show? She's I'm gonna call her a revenge. Who. Yeah, revenge. I'm gonna call her a who. Yeah. I always forget which one she is. I say who too. I was looking at the Daily Mail about this, and it says Emily Van Camp quote leaves hit medical drama The Resident after four seasons following the birth of her first child. Okay, so we have Emily asked to be released from the medical drama at the end of season four, and her storyline is expected to be wrapped up early into season five. Okay. So I'm scrolling down and they have all these screenshots from The Resident and they're kind of just like using the screenshots as a way of speculating as to like how she will be written out of the show. And one of them says, not killing her off. Deadline reported Monday that creators hope the Canadian 35-year-old will quote return as a guest star in the future. And then the next one says, tragic end. Emily asked to be released from the medical drama at the end of season four and her storyline is expected to be wrapped up early into season five. And then the next photo is Emily Van Camp laying in a pool of blood, presumably from from The Resident. And it says, related? Fans of The Resident recall how Nick suffered health complications following her two blood transfusions after being stabbed in the oh abdomen my. by a drug addict during season four. I'm telling you, that's related. what the show is like. I know it's not related at all. Related? It's not related at all. <laughs> Hi, Who Weekly. Um... A long time, first time. I was wondering, Iris Apfel, who or them? She just turned 100 today, and I was curious. Is she a who or them? Okay, bye, me and Grease. Iris Apfel, who or them? She just turned 100. One, two, three. Who? <laughs> She's still a who. I don't know. You think oh, Lady with the Glasses. That shows up on my Netflix feed sometimes in that thumbnail. I You're don't right. think. She's like a fa- she's like a New York fashion person, but like niche. She's like our Angeline. Just kidding. What, it's like, like uh, Andre Leon Talley, you know. Uh, but even who? he, I think, is more of a them than her. I'm calling them both who's. Oh my god! Oh my. She's so specific. You have to follow yeah. such a specific type of media to know who those people are. But I do feel like if you saw, mm, you're right. I mean, this goes against that. But if you saw both of them, they're like, they both have like iconic looks. Oh, yeah. You know? Old oh, lady yeah. with the glasses. I mean, she really is old lady with the glasses. She's the old lady with the glasses. Um, next call. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I'm watching the, sh- the chair and it's leading me to wonder, are the Duplass brothers now them? Are they thems? Is it like the Duplass brothers are thems and then individually are, is Jay Duplass a them? Since transparent, pretty semi, and the chair is now pretty semi. And are they 
who's the zemiest brother that you would say, like you say, the Duplass brother? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with this call. Like my cousin Vinny, I'm through with this guy. The Duplass brothers, who were them? And then also individually, which one's themier? They really like had a moment. I think they're who's down the board. You think Mark is even a who? You're really handing out who's left and right here. No one's getting a freaking break. I think the Duplass brothers will will like ring an alarm in your brain. And then you'll be like, wait, which ones are they? Their names are so- Jay and Mark. I think it's so easy to confuse them, even though I can tell the difference. Like, even though they it look took a lot of work. Nothing alike, they look nothing though. alike. But also like uh, Jay or Mark, even I find myself confusing the name sometimes. They look very. I prefer Mark. Well, for a I gotta while, say, Mark, Mark I love Mark, but I think he's a her. And now Jay is really building up a lot of acting stuff to also after be, transparent, right? Do you know what I mean? Like he's in the chair. That's person. I think this person's calling because oh yeah, he's, he's in, in the, the chair. chair. He's in the chair. He's in the chair. But it, what do you Mark, think? Mark for a while felt like he really wanted to be like a big, big, big movie star, and I think he kind of still vaguely does. I think that he has more cachet. I think Mark. Is my fave personally, and I think Mark is themier. Mark is themier, but the Duplass brothers, I think, are the, the Duplass brothers are them's. There are so many brothers. You Ooh. got the Russo brothers. You got the uh-huh. Duplass brothers. Uh huh. Who else? The Softy brothers. Yeah, I love them. You got all these brothers, and I think that when they were the only big brothers, big brothers, you, they had they had some a little more heft to their to their name mm-hmm. and now that there are so many brothers their brothers coming out the wazoo and we're only talking about like mm-hmm. producing directing brothers like writer director yeah. brothers yeah yeah writer director brothers but all these brothers they love to get into acting especially like softies also meanwhile where are the si- where are the sisters we got the wachowski sisters yeah, but didn't one of them just quit but now one of them's like i don't want to do this anymore yeah. one of them was like <laughs> i'm outie by, Did you like, read the interview about Matrix 4? They were I don't know if it's Lana. Was oh, it Lana man. who doesn't want to be in it? And they were like, yeah. why didn't you want to do Matrix 4? And I think that she was just I like, think that people are expecting more drama between the two of them, between um, Lana and Lily. But because it's La- Lana's directing Matrix 4, but Lily's like, bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> but she's right. like, she was basically like, Hollywood sucks. Like, I really can't do this anymore. They right. spent like, they had like a crazy five years making all these movies and shows together. And Lily was like, I hate this. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No offense to Lana. I hope Matrix 4 owns. Which is crazy because like, they've made so much cool shit too. They, were, they mm-hmm. got so much weird, uh, bad, good, crazy shit made. Like, Sense8 alone is a revelation mm-hmm. in terms of like, Cloud Atlas, something like that like, made. Yeah, yeah. Cloud Atlas. Atlas is like how I mean millions and millions and millions of dollars they got approved to make these stu- this stuff like truly crazy right I don't know mm-hmm. I just feel like yeah maybe sh- she's just like I'm done I'm right, they this. made Speed Racer they made I Jupiter know. Ascending oh uh, well that yeah that's what I was uh, yeah but um anyway do I mean do you think it's controversial do you think I'm wrong no with the Duplass brothers not really who is the bigger them Kate Fernanda. Or Kate And does Kate Renata know what Kate is? Crunch, crunch. Oh, I love this call so much. I love this call so much. Who's the bigger them, Kate Renata or Kate And does Kate Renata know what Kate is? Lindsay, who's the bigger them? One, two, three. Kate Kate <laughs> Because well, Kate Trudeau's like, on well, TV like, all the time. Who, I know who Kate Renata is because we talked about him for this show. But then mm-hmm. I was like, Kate Trudeau, is that the drug? And the fact that I immediately knew that it was a drug, like a like it's pharmaceutical. It's a cancer drug. Yeah. It's a cancer drug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kate Renata, mm-hmm. I bet he knows. He's heard of it, but he doesn't know what it does. He's like, oh, that's a that's a drug. Right? I just think it's like, right, like he's aware. Like, yeah, no, totally. The number one them medication is still Chantix because of that fucking turkey, though. That is the number one them. Of I don't know. I always, toxic uh, you, know, you know how I feel about uh, Lin- Linzess because it sounds like my name. So every time I hear it, I'm like, yes, <laughs> but it's Linzess, which I think is for like I- IBS. It's for IBS. It's yeah. for IBS. Hi, Weekly. Um, just wanted to know if you thought the movie Eagle Eye or Eagle Eye Cherry um, was more of a them. Um, crunch, crunch. Absolutely. The answer is so obvious here. I don't even remember what Eagle Eye is or what it's about. Did that star Shia LaBeouf? What even is it? It's the one where Shia LaBeouf is like, 
It's like Shia LaBeouf action throw that's actually kind of good, but his love interest is Michelle Monaghan. And it was like, wait, what? Okay. <laughs> that okay, was okay, really okay, like okay. peak. We don't know what to do with Michelle Monaghan in Hollywood. Yeah, I have an answer for this. Ready? Okay, what is it? One, two, three. Oh, this is not. <laughs> wait, we're, we're not counting down. Well, we're going to say Eagle Eye Cherry. Say Eagle Eye or Eagle Eye Cherry? Eagle Eye Cherry is way more of a them than Eagle Eye. No one, one knows what Eagle two, Eye is. Three, Eagle Eye Cherry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but. <laughs> Usually you say one, two, three, who, or one, two, three, them, but like that was confusing because we didn't know what we were talking about. One, okay. two, three, Eagle, Eagle Eye Cherry. Cherry. Save tonight. His real name is Eagle Eye Cherry. Yeah. Is it? Yes. That's the whole thing about Eagle Eye Cherry, that his name is Eagle Eye Lanute Cherry. It's his full name. Wait, his real Swedish. name is Eagle Eye Cherry? You know that? That's the whole conversation about Eagle Eye Cherry. That's Can not you the believe whole, his real name act, is Eagle Eye Cherry? Me. Don't act like there's been this whole conversation going on about Eagle Eye Cherry. There's no conversation going on about Eagle Eye Cherry. Half of BuzzFeed's page views, <laughs> if you counted every single BuzzFeed page view, how many billions or trillions they have, half of them are a story did about, you did know? you know Eagle Eye Cherry's real name is Eagle Eye Cherry? But I didn't know. Well, I'm telling you, that's what it is. I his didn't. His real name. No. Eagle Eye Cherry. It's hyphenated too, which I love. And it's decaffeinated. It's hyphenated. It's decaffeinated. And it's hyphenated. All right. So Eagle Eye Cherry is iconic because of his name, but it's just also iconic because it's his real name. And Eagle mm-hmm. Eye starring Shia LaBeouf, we don't even recognize that as a movie anymore. I don't even know but what that is. But it was a is. hit. It wasn't even a flop. It was a hit. It was Who a hit, cares? hit, hit. A hit where? I don't care. Whatever. America. No one even knows that. Okay, but that's not that movie made no lasting impact. Disturbia made more of a lasting impact in terms of Shia LaBeouf's discog. Name another Eagle Eye Cherry song. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, can you give me like a hint as to what one might be? Is there another one? I'm looking at these names and I've never seen any of these names in my entire life. I've you cannot never tell heard me that his songs. only hit was Save Tonight. What I'm going to tell you, Lindsay, is that his only hit was Save Tonight. <laughs> wow. You're, you know what? Honestly. He had some songs that charted in Sweden and Germany and the UK. He has no other songs that charted in the United States. Wow. I'm going to have Zero. to agree looking at this discography that... Safe Tonight was the... Oh, you're not familiar with the iconic song, When Mermaids Cry? You're not familiar with the iconic song, Are You Still Having Fun? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm trying to look around and see... Wait, what about this Santana song? Off no, the it, album. Did not ch- it did not chart. Fuck, even and the song that he did with Santana off the iconic Everybody Loves the Santana album chart. album didn't even go anywhere. It didn't chart. All right, It well, didn't chart. Save Tonight, Queen. Love it. Fight the Break of Dawn. Save tonight. Come so, tomorrow. I mean, I'm sure tomorrow what's we'll funny done. is I'm sure he's made like a gajillion dollars just on that song, too, because mm-hmm. he probably wrote it himself, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's the only credited songwriter. He's made one billion dollars off yeah, of Save so Tonight. Yeah, so he made the, you know, he made the however million that that song mm-hmm. made. He made it's it all. all you need. Um, Want to guess the plays on Spotify to close this loop? I was just there. It's like 300 million or something. 348 million. Yeah. Sorry. Four tenths of a penny for each of those streams. That's not bad. <laughs> four tenths of a penny. That's how much they make, four tenths of a penny per stream. Yeah, times 300,000. What's the math on that one? Well, see, I tried doing that math for something else earlier, and then I got completely confused when I was trying to translate tenths of a penny into dollars. And so I was just like, ugh. <laughs> four tenths of a penny. Is that just so, like technically 0.04? 348. That's $12 million. It's 0.01 is a tenth of a penny, right? So you made $12 million? That's pretty good for one song. That's pennies, I think. So I think this, and then you have to divide that by 100, and I think that's... We should cut this because we don't know what we're talking about, and... This is really confusing, Matt. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show. Keep calling it at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for bonus episodes and more. Come to our tour, whoweekly.us slash live, or just go to whoweekly.us and click live. Thank you to Katie and Eric at The Who's for writing our theme song on Tuesdays. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. Say tonight. Fight the break of dawn. Come tomorrow. You would very much. Back to you, Cisco. Hi, Who Weekly, medium time, medium time. I was just listening to the pod and I had to pause because you were talking about Camilla Mendez and I thought that that meant that Camilla...
Carbeo had married Sean Mendez. So I literally went through this whole thing where I was like online and I was like searching and then I, anyways, I had no idea that Camilla Mendez was a person that is not Camilla Car- Carbeo. So, uh, just wanted to mention that. Okay. Uh, love you guys. Me inside. Bye. You got, you were talking about Bill Nye and Anna Wintour. I thought you were talking about Bill Nye, the science guy. I was really excited about this mashup of science and fashion. And now I'm disappointed. Okay, crunch, crunch. Hey, this is a question, I guess. Is it rude of Nissan to name those cars Nissan Cube? Would you, I guess if you had it, you would just call it like the Cube or Cube. Is it rude of them to name it that when Ice Cube is known as Cube? Like if you're differentiating between the Ices, T or Cube, you're going to say Cube. Is it rude of Nissan? Cube is taken. Ice Cube's a them, right? Nissan Cube's a hue. Anyway. Crunch, crunch. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Um, so I had to pause the podcast because of Gavin Rossdale dating um, some lady named Gwen, who you guys said doesn't look like Gwen, but... Um, I mean, I guess to, you know, everybody has their own eyes and, and... God damn it! <laughs> Calling to let you guys know that your segment on James Corden in our rat costume caused me to have a car accident this morning. <laughs>